Back in the day, being sent away to summer camp was an integral part of childhood. The two films we will be discussing today, Sleepaway Camp and Wet Hot American Summer, show two very different takes on this rite of passage. Welcome to the Crossroads Podcast, where we discuss new and old films with similar themes. I'm Rob. And I'm Ryan. So today is the first day we're recording in person for probably about three months. Yeah, probably since like late February, early March. Interesting uh, being back in the same room. Yeah, um, I think it's going to have a different energy to it this week. Yeah, but sometimes the... We would get mired down in our own funk with some of the darker ones we've been doing. So, yeah, that and being locked inside for a while—it's it's not fun. Yeah. So we're this week we're going to camp, getting outside in the sun, you know, breathing that fresh air. Uh, you want to start? Let's do something different this week and start with the newer one. Yeah, that's how we used to do it back when we were still talking about films that actually just came out. But back when movies came out. Yeah, well, hopefully <laughs> we'll get back to that soon. So I guess this yeah. is a good a good practice for that. Yeah. So let's start with Wet Hot American Summer, directed by David Wayne. Um, the cast in this movie is off the chart. It is stacked in every, every even supporting role is a famous person now. Uh, yeah, some of the minor roles in this movie were Bradley Cooper, mm-hmm. Paul Rudd. Joe Latruccio, I can't, uh, he went on to be in Brooklyn Nine-Nine and a bunch of other oh, yes. great things. I think Elizabeth Banks is in it for a bit. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she's the she's like the slutty girl. Yeah, yeah, I forget her uh, name. Um, David Hyde Pierce is probably my favorite character in this. He's so funny. <laughs> and the main character Beth Janine Jean Garofalo. Garofalo. Jean Garofalo. Her uh, her star hasn't really gone shown as bright as everyone else lately. But she's done a some shame. stuff. Yeah, she's very funny. It's kind of a shame she's not doing more. Wet Hot American Summer plays on the the tropes of 70s and 80s camp flicks. And when I say plays on the tropes, I mean the whole movie is a trope. One scene you got capture the flag, the next scene you got baseball. The, the final game, they need the big win after a devastating season. You also have... What are some other funny tropes uh, that they, they play on? They go, into, they go into town and the trip feels like it lasts nine years and they're only gone for an hour. That's my favorite scene. I think it might be my favorite scene, it's, too. It's so funny, and you miss that joke if you're not paying attention mm-hmm. to it. There's, there's no real dialogue. It's just them. It's like six or seven people in a van going into town, and they're only gone a short time, but like, it must have been six months worth of like actual stuff they got done. Yeah, they they go to a library. They rob an old lady, get <laughs> drunk, do heroin, overdose on yeah. heroin, and then go back to camp completely yeah. drunk. It... It has oh. a bit of that like uh, National Lampoon feel mm-hmm. to it. I think that's kind of what they were going for, because in 2001, that's when National Lampoon was pretty big. Mm-hmm. I think Van Wilder came out around that time. Yeah. And Club Dread, or was that, that was Broken Lizard. Broken Lizard, but they're also, they're the same yeah, thing. I mean, they're a comedy troupe, it owes a lot to that too. Um, Vacation was uh, was a kind of a similar thing. Oh, yes. And that's National Lampoon, so... Some of those guys, I think, probably were influenced by it. Oh, for sure. You could tell these guys really love the, the summer camp material. Oh, yeah. There's but, there's some references even to uh, Sleepaway Camp in there. I must have missed those. I mean, they're subtle. I yeah. One character's dressed exactly the same. Okay. It's not that obvious, but it's... Uh, yeah, this this was my first time seeing it, and I think I missed something seeing it like on a streaming service because everything is so crisp, and it looks bright and shiny, and this... I think 
well they're clearly trying to ape the early 80s movies with like the crappy technology they used to film it and not particularly sharp editing and, and all that so it misses a trick i think being so fresh yeah the first time i watched it was on netflix and it was pretty sure it was 4k because it was right before the show came out and then this time watching it i actually watched it on vhs and it added a whole nother layer to it it's just oh i'm sure it it's so funny like I think my favorite part about this movie is that all the jokes are extremely subtle, but they're played up to be more than what they are. Yeah, it's it's a weird mixture of really dumb jokes, but with like a really clever delivery. Mm-hmm. And each character is so different too. Like one of the main plot points is a kid is a dungeon master, and you think how's that gonna play in? But you know, it, at the climax of the film, it's very important. So go watch it. My uh, my favorite character was David Hyde Pierce's character, who Henry. I, yes, you know. Well, this I know him mostly from Frasier, where he plays this very effeminate, aloof, you know, like overstuffed intellectual, and to have him play, still a smart guy, but more down to earth. He's really awkward in this yeah, movie. Yeah, but he's somehow more confident than Niles is, <laughs> and uh, I liked seeing him in a bit more grounded role even though he's still kind of ridiculous i think he was my favorite character in this as well just every time he's on screen it's just laugh after laugh yeah one of my favorite things he does is he takes a trophy and his hand goes off screen as if somebody takes away from and he just pulls it back and the trophy's gone yeah and every time like a lot of the jokes are just really subtle like every time they throw anything it's just the sound of a pop yes i was about to say that it's one of my favorite things where it it's kind of a joke on the actual production of it because mm-hmm. they only could afford the one sound effect, so they just kept putting that in everywhere. Obviously, the film could afford it more, but the joke works way better that mm-hmm. way. It's like, um, the joke, like the off-screen jokes, are super funny. Like when um, I forget the character's name, but when he's rescuing the kids from going over the waterfall, mm. and uh, his friend, oh, I forget his name, but it, it's off-screen. You don't see any of it. You just see his friend like, oh, he's doing it. He's actually saving the kids. He's doing it. Yes, he did it. <laughs> because in all those films, you couldn't afford to shoot the money shot. You'd have to have someone describe it. It happens all the time. It happens in horror movies a lot, too. Oh, yeah. It's, but that's why there's a rule in film called show, don't tell. Yes, exactly. But that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I had to explain the joke, but it's... Uh, there were... The one thing I didn't get, and then I watched some of the... There's a series on Netflix that's the first day of camp which is all the same actors but like 15 years later so they're noticeably older playing younger versions of themselves and that's that joke but there's one character who i thought was just hallucinating that the can of vegetables was talking but they go back in the show and it's actually a person who falls into nuclear waste and turns into a can of vegetables and it's just like maybe him just being high was funnier (laughs) I don't know if if I think the show makes that funnier or not, because it's really funny where you you just think he's hallucinating that, but then the actual explanation is so absurd. And there's more to it later in the show if you finish it. I didn't have a chance to only watch the first episode. Yeah, but. definitely finish it, because there's more to that subplot. Yeah. But <laughs> going back and, and retroactively seeing that the can is actually a real person. Yeah, it, it's ridiculous. It kind of adds another layer. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a very weird movie. I only watched it once. I kind of wish I could have gone back and like watched it another time this weekend just to kind of get in, like 
paying more attention to because there's there's a lot of subtle there's a lot of it. like really dark jokes like at least two kids drown in the lake because Paul Rudd is a terrible lifeguard Paul Rudd doesn't care about anyone but himself yeah. and whatever girl he's making out with at that scene yeah there's a there's a throwaway line from Gene Garofalo about how a bunch of kids got stuck in the ropes course yesterday and I'm like oh shit that's not good at yeah, all because this movie takes place during the last day of camp yeah so everything you see in this movie is within probably an eight hour day yeah and yeah. there's like timestamps. it'll say like 152 and it'll go on for 40 minutes and it'll be like 130 yeah it's the it's the longest busiest day ever because yeah. it it's the plot of a full summer in the course of one day like um David Hyde Pierce and Gene Garofalo like meet and fall in love in the last day of camp, <laughs> and they learn about each other's jobs. They go to the library and read all these. Like, it's it's very silly. And by the end, she's pregnant. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie I can watch countlessly and find reasons to like it more and more. Yeah. And having said that, I would love a second one. Yes. Well, there technically is in the form of the Netflix. The Netflix. Show. There's another. There's a. Uh, ten years, ten later. years later, yeah. which I did which not see any of. In the movie, they they make plans for a ten year reunion. It's like a mm. little subtle thing, and now it came out what like fifteen years after the movie. Yeah, they finally decided to do ten years later the show. It's okay. I, I think it's a little long for what it should be. Yeah, but I would absolutely love another Wet Hot American mm. Summer. Different cast, different characters, but yeah. another homage to these camp movies. Yeah, I think you can get like. You know, kind of keep some of that feel. Maybe make it more like mid '90s. Because I mean, I I went to summer camp every year. I'm sure you went to summer camp every year. I went to like a day camp yeah. for like a week. Okay, I went to I went to scout camp every year, and it, you know, it uh, it didn't ever feel like this. But there was some weird stuff. There was always like weird things going on. There's always that one crazy guy in your troop, or you know, some guy falls in the lake. Someone tries to you know like fill the the lake with kool-aid powder or and i think this movie perfectly encapsulates that feeling of yeah just being a kid surrounded by a bunch of kids you don't really know unless you've met them previous yeah. years and just everyone has their own quirky way about them yeah they're not really your friends but they're your like your camp friends the people you're spending yeah. time with while you're there yeah they're the best you can do yeah you don't really get along with them you don't have any of the normal things you do you're just kind of stuck there until things work out and yeah it's it's a good encapsulation of that feeling would you watch another one yes i think like what you said you know kind of a spin-off type thing like maybe a different decade yeah like maybe you know keep the same writer and directors and you know maybe even have a cameo from someone but it would be a different group of people I agree. Yeah. Um, let's talk about a completely different take on this genre. Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp. Oh, um, God. Let me just... This movie is banana pants. It is <laughs> insane. It feels almost like there are people at an actual camp who just had to do like a make a movie project in some ways. Um, it came out in 1983. It was uh, it was written and directed by Robert uh, Hiltzig. One of the weirdest things about this movie is that at the very beginning, it says to mom, a real doer, which I'm just like, what is the context of that nonsense? 
I think his mom just got stuff done. I guess so. She was a doer. That's, it's creepy. Um, this this stars no name actors. Uh, Felicia Rose yes. went on to do on. more horror. Yes. Um, do, like The next biggest cast member is uh, is James Earl Jones's father, who plays one of the, the camp chefs. I think he has like three lines. Yeah, he's in it for about 30 yeah. seconds. So this movie was made for no money. It was shot at an actual camp in central New York. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And so the premise of this is a bunch of kids at summer camp and they start getting killed. Mm-hmm. It's it's an 80s camp slasher. It's, yeah. It, uh, there's moments that feel like they're kind of in Wet Hot American Summer. Like there's that baseball scene that goes on for ever the scene where they're painting the roof yeah like, which it's it's literally a camp movie yeah. with slasher aspects with, yes it's more of a camp movie than a horror movie yes it takes a while for the horror stuff to kick in the beginning is has a little bit there's like but, one or two sprinkled throughout yeah. but that last 45 minutes last half hour is where yeah. the kills start racking up yes so the main the main characters are brother and sister i uh, Angelica, no Angela, Angela and, Angela and Ricky, Ricky, yes, who are uh, brother and sister who are uh, they're going to, they're going to the camp. It's her first time going to camp. He's been there a couple years before. No, they're cousins. They're cousins. Yes, they're, sorry. They're, she's basically been adopted by the, yeah, the by the, the aunt who, by the way, gives my favorite line delivery in in anything ever. I want her to play really well. <laughs> Um, she gives them a bag of snacks to take as they're driving to camp and Ricky asks, are there chips in here? And she like, I can't even imitate it, but she basically says, why, yes, I believe there's a whole bag. And it's it's my favorite line delivery. But then after ever. she like turns and starts talking to herself, she's like, yes, there. I believe there is a whole bag. And every time she's on screen, she, she delivers the line with, the utmost enthusiasm, and then turns creepily and talks to herself. no one. Like, who is she talking to? I think she'd be a great Willy Wonka. Yes, she claims to be a doctor, but there's like no evidence of this. She forges their physical to yeah. get into camp. Yes, that's not suspicious at all. I mean, at the end of the movie, you find out yes. Much. So there's, there's yeah. the effects are, are quite good. That, that's the one thing it has going for it. Is that the the gore effects are fantastic. There's not a lot of blood, but there's a lot of like skin disfigurement. Yeah, and it's disgusting. Yeah. It, it's yeah. some of the best in '80s horror. Yeah. Like the, to um, this day, it's still really good. The creepy pedophile chef, who by the way has the biggest pot I have ever seen. It looks <laughs> like he put a garbage can on top of the the range. It's He's, enormous. He needs a step stool to, <laughs> to work <laughs> it. <laughs> what is he doing? Like. It seems untenable. Yeah. But anyway, he's up on top of that, and the killer pushes this entire vat of boiling <laughs> corn. No, on no, him. she pulls. Or spoilers. Yeah. The killer pulls the uh, the chair he's standing oh, yeah. on, and he's like hanging above it. Yeah. And as he falls, he instinctively grabs the pot, and the boiling <laughs> water falls all over his face. And then there's a shot. You just see his arms sticking up, and they're covered in boils, and it's really gross. Yeah. And then you finally see his face. Yeah. And ugh, it's gross. The, there's the, like the EMT, air yeah. pockets. Yes. It's it's like bubbling. Yeah. It's very very effective stuff. The there's like an off screen voice, 
Are his eyeballs are his eyeballs burned? It's too soon to tell. Like what? Too soon to tell. <laughs> it's it's so. Uh, this movie is definitely worth seeing, but it's not good. It is it is a bad movie, but it is a very enjoyable bad movie. I have to disagree. I think it's a great movie, but mainly because camp slashers are my guilty pleasure. Yes, there's some also... very creative kills in <laughs> there this are. movie. There's the bees. The bees is probably the most creative. Yeah. There's the uh, the uh, curling iron, oof. which we won't get into. We won't get into that. Um, the knife through the wall. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a couple of really creative things. It makes up for a lot of the campier, pardon the pun, aspects by some really creative kills and the 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 effects. I think really hold up better and than most movies from that period of time at any rate and on top of those i think another reason why this movie is so beloved mm. is the last shot the last shot that there's a there's a bit of a twist ending that uh in the very beginning of the film the there's um angela and her brother peter who were on a boat with their dad and there was a boat accident and uh it's implied it's, that the brother and the dad die yes and angela is taken is taken in into by custody the by the aunt and now they're at summer camp and then towards the end of the movie you find out the aunt always wanted a little girl but she art she already has a little boy and so should, she, we, should we spoil this yeah i mean the movie's been out for a while it's one of the most well-known things about it yeah you know. uh it turns out that angela died in a boating accident and peter was raised as a girl by the crazy aunt so not only is this a camp slasher, yeah. it's a movie about sexual identity. Yes. So my, my view on this has always been that it's not so much that Angela is trans, that she's basically been like conditioned. She's been manipulated yeah. into thinking that he was a female. Yes. And there's the last shot of the film is, is Angela standing there butt naked for some reason, just junk hanging out with like a ridiculous face it's a mask it's a mask it's a um it's a life it's a very effective life cast that mm -hmm. looks very good uh the poor guy who was under the mask has never been publicly identified he, he i know a couple things um that he went to university of albany and he was pissed drunk when he yeah. agreed to do it yeah and he was pissed drunk when he actually filmed yeah, it too like he just felt super uncomfortable and got, got drunk and they paid him a lot of money yeah i mean i wouldn't want to do that yeah you had to get shaved down completely and stand there on the beach in the middle of the night naked with a little girl i mean that's a weird thing to it's ask very some. weird <laughs> i wonder if we'll ever figure out who it was like on his deathbed maybe yeah i mean i wouldn't want people to know that was me if it were me no. but yeah that last shot just adds a whole nother layer to the yeah movie. And going back, you kind of look for it, and yeah, and it, it's it's hard to tell, but there's like the movie's not very well written. No, it, it's, it's not. And you get the feeling that a lot of the the lines were improvised or kind of made up by the actors or changed by the actors. Mm -hmm. There's uh, the character has always been played by a cis woman mm -hmm. in both. There's there's two there's two sequels in which she's played by Bruce Springsteen's younger sister, which okay. is very funny. <laughs> I haven't seen the sequels. They're they're more comedies. Well, okay. the, the two and three are more horror comedies, and then the four. There's four that's like origins or something. Four is 
by the same director as the okay, first one with Felicia Rose back in the role. It ignores the previous continuity. Okay. And in that one, Angela is pretending to be a man now, hmm. but is still female. Whereas in the other, in two and three, she has gotten like complete surgery and is now you know fully transitioned and <laughs> seems like that's not even really an issue it's just that she's very happy with her identity now and is still a serial killer <laughs> there were talks of a remake for a while and they wanted felicia rose to play the crazy aunt as she like a little cameo probably be really funny is that <laughs> but she seems pretty well adjusted all things considered and mm-hmm is pretty active in the horror community yeah she's always at comic cons and horror cons and any type of con you can think of yeah. she's on joe bob briggs show all the time yeah. just uh, a very very fun bouncy person like a lot of a lot of energy which is which is cool uh do you think sleepaway camp deserved three sequels and a possible remake <laughs> three and a half sequels there's a half sequel that was never finished but hmm. was released using footage from the other movies it's a mess wow it's not fun. I gotta watch that. You're a sleepaway camp aficionado, aren't you? A little bit. Awesome. It's one of those movies that I discovered in college and got really into for a little while because it was a disaster. Okay. It's uh, this was only my second time watching it. I've seen it more times than I think is anyone should ever watch it. <laughs> it's not good. I like it. it it's fun. It's yeah. it's a good like backyard movie. Yeah. Well, what I'm saying that. I mean, me liking something doesn't is not necessarily an indication yeah. of its quality. I can enjoy things. I can enjoy low art quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I enjoy this movie a lot more than I think people should. But it's 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 a fun time. I think it definitely uh, it's, it's a definitely fun. Yeah, oh, in absolutely. The 80s horror community. Yeah. It, the first one especially has earned its place. Oh, I yeah. think in the slashers, uh, you know, you're not going to find some like you know, it's not going to change your life, but mm-hmm. it's fun. Yeah. You might show it to friends who like horror. Yeah, you'll laugh at some of the ridiculous line deliveries, the the, the sheriff's ridiculous fake mustache. Uh, so which of these two movies do you think encapsulates the summer camp feel better? Probably Wet Hot American Summer. But I would hope yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> it's not to say that there's not some great moments in in uh, Summer Camp. Like, I think it definitely feels mm-hmm. like a... Like some of the boys I went to camp with, who just every other word is a swear word, yeah. and you know, like getting into fights. Having and... only been to day camp, I think sleepaway camp does a better job at making the kids feel like they're more at summer camp. Yeah. Where Wet Hot American Summer just takes that and turns it to a hundred. Yeah, and well, that's does it for comedy. Yeah. Wet Hot American Summer is more about the counselors and the adults, whereas sleepaway camp is more about the campers. Yeah, so it's they're that's the, probably the biggest difference aside from the complete difference in theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of them is a comedy, one of them is a slasher, but this is our first episode doing two different genres, isn't it? I think so. Like to this disparity at yeah. least. Uh, it's like Sleep like Camp. There's almost no comedy in that movie. No intentional comedy it, anyway. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a horror drama. Yeah. But you know, bad production makes it a comedy. Yeah. You know, there's some great lines. There's several times when all the boys just climb on top of each other. And it's like, well, okay. There's yeah. this dance that's awkward. Uh, the bully, Judy. <laughs> oh, I hate her. Yeah, you're supposed to hate her. I know. And they do a really good job of making her, like... Just the uh, worst. The, the bully. Yeah. And, like, even her friends don't like her. Yeah. But it's the same thing. Like, you know, you don't really have your real friends. You just have your camp friends. Yeah. You're, you're kind of... 
You got your stuff. Yeah, in. you got your pecking order. Yeah. But yeah, Gotta there's. Have the bully. Yeah, and it's interesting to see the bull. I guess because it's a female protagonist, so to have the bully be female, I think makes more sense. If it was, you know, um, if it was Paul, I think is the the other kind the of cousin. Yeah, well, that's Ricky is the Ricky, cousin. Yeah, sorry. Paul is the other. The other guy, the last victim, oh, essentially. the one who, like, kind of has a crush on her. Yeah, who, like, kind of coerces her into doing stuff. And and then gets yeah. his head shoot off. Yeah. That's what she's holding at the end. The last shot, too, is her, like, in this weird pose, screaming with that, like, that the mask. mask. The, the, the mask. And then it turns this weird, like, green photo negative. And that's what really stuck with me when I first saw it. And I was probably 18 when I saw it for the first time. People see this when they're like four and five and really shouldn't. But yeah, because, you know, people just put whatever movie is on in front of their kids, at least in the 80s, they would. And yeah, that's a pretty traumatizing movie for a young kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in both of both films, campers get killed, but it's played. It's played for laughs in yeah, Wet Hot American Summer. Uh, yeah, but, and you never actually see any of it. It's all off screen. Yeah. Like, oh, so and so drowned. Yeah. So and so's missing. Yeah, it's never meant. And the, the campers basically don't have names or personalities. Yeah. So it's not, not as traumatizing. Whereas, like, little kids get chopped up in this. And that's, yeah. I think, when it goes from, you know, kind of interesting social st- satire to, like, oh, okay, this is not. Yeah, it crosses that line a little too early. Yeah, I think if they got that social commentary out of the way sooner, it yeah. would be more well received. Yes, but to have that that kind of ending, and the director even says like, "I, I crossed the line." Like, yeah, yeah, you did. You but did. you know, looking back thirty years later, mm-hmm. it's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, there's a reason why there's like ninety five Jason movies. You know, there's twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't off by that many. There's more than there should be, but. You know, they're all good. Yeah. Not all of them involve campers, though. He's on a boat for one of them. That's uh, Jason Takes Manhattan. <laughs> yes. And then He's he in goes space. into space. He goes yeah. to hell. Yeah. Is that the one with a weird worm that, like... Yeah. Yeah. Jason goes to hell. Though he's not really in hell. He kind of just possesses a cop. Yeah. That one's not good. There's there's that one where there's an imitator who's pretending to be Jason. And I think that's at the Part camp. Five. Yeah. I don't. I haven't seen all of them, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> they're great. But yeah, I think that about wraps up this episode. Yeah, it's not yeah. a two pretty quirky movies. Not a whole lot to talk no, about. They're they're fun. You know, it's a it's a good it, it's a good kind of reprieve after some of the heavier stuff we've been dealing with. Yeah, the um, last two weeks were pretty pretty dark. Yeah, so you need you need a break to uh to get in. Mm-hmm. So for next week, uh, uh, we've got your we've favorite got, movie. <laughs> we've got we've got two <laughs> treats here. Uh, one Hamilton finally comes out streaming on Disney Plus, and I'm super excited about that. But to kind of offset that quality a little bit, we did some digging and we found this movie from the '70s called The Revolution, which is apparently one of the worst movies ever made, starring Al Pacino. Al Pacino of all people. Um, so I have not seen it yet yeah. as of this recording, but I'm looking forward to this train wreck. So, because I haven't seen Hamilton yet, I know you're a big fan, but. You said that's kind of like the Revolutionary War as well? Yeah. It, um, the first act is the Revolutionary War. The second act is setting up America and delves more into his personal life. Oh, cool. So uh, it's it's a big, big, huge hit. Uh, it kind of breaks all the Broadway rules. It's mostly hip-hop and jazz. It's, there's not a whole lot of traditional Broadway in it, which helps. But 
cool. I'm like, excited yeah. to watch it. I've heard nothing but good things yeah, for I'm probably two years. Super excited to see it. I've seen it on stage, but not with the original cast, obviously. And this is the original cast from a couple years ago. A pro shot and edited like a film. And then to offset that with what I'm hoping is just an absolute train wreck, I think will be a delight. Well, in exactly one week, we shall find out. We shall out. find out. <laughs> cool. uh, thanks for yeah. listening, and tune in again next week.